1: This is Dr. Jonathan Hansen. I'm the president of World Ministries International. I want to welcome you to the warning program. Wherever you're watching or listening, welcome. Today in our chapel here at World Ministries International, I have Ray Gebauer. He's an unlicensed holistic doctor. He also is an investor strategist. He's authored 12 books. Uh, Ray, welcome back to the warning program.
2: Happy to be here as always.
1: <laughs> okay. We're on a series, and uh, why don't you tell them the title of the
2: series? The title of the series is The Path of Life, The TRAIL Prayer Formula. And today is part five.
1: So Ray, why don't you just uh, very quickly summarize the other four parts?
2: Yes, TRAIL is my acronym for the prayer of life and it's an easy way to remember how to pray Starting with short prayers. that I created this for myself originally. It's for my personal use. And uh, I like it a lot. And I use it every day. And so the T-R-A-I-L stands for, you know, the first word in a short prayer. So, like, the T stands for thank you. So a short prayer is say, God, thank you. Or Father, thank you. And then you can, of course, expand on it. Mean, at least that gets you started. That's like the launching word, you know, being thankful and gratitude. And that's so important to God. It's so important for our personal health. It's so important to have gratitude toward others, but especially towards God for all he's done, you know, countering many blessings. So the R stands for repentance. So the short prayer there is, God, I repent. And very possibly you have at least one thing you could repent of, you know, if not something you did, maybe something you did not do. Like James 4, 17 says, therefore to him who knows the good thing to do and does not do it to him, it is sin. And I'm I'm more concerned these days about the sins that we all commit, including myself, of what I did not do. Like I'm not praying enough, I'm not reading the Bible enough. I'm not repenting for the nation enough. I'm not, you know, sharing the gospel enough. Or you know and so it's really important. That's the first word of the gospel. Repent for the kingdom of God's coming. So we can't leave repentance out. That's so fundamental. It's like like oxygen. We gotta have that. So you've got to thank you. You've got to repent. For whatever you need to repent of, and if you're not sure, you know, ask God to show you, or ask your your wife or best friend. You know, hey, what what do you think I need to improve? <laughs> repent, repent means changing your mind to be more in alignment with God. Uh, the A is stands for awesome, and just telling God, you're awesome, and and not just to say the word we just sort of overuse these days, but to ponder. And be in awe of how awesome God is. Like God, you're amazing. And and what helps me is when I think of things in nature that that trigger awe, like seeing a, seeing the ocean or a beautiful sunset or or a mountain or a waterfall or a beautiful flower or a little baby. So I'm like, wow. So we want to have that wow experience of God and and tell Him this is like praising God. I mean, we have that awe experience. Then the I. will last week we. Last episode we talked about that, that's intervention. This is the request. This is asking God to intervene. Because the way God operates, He doesn't just 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 do what He's going to do anyway. He often waits for us. He said, "I looked for a man to stand in the gap, I found no one." So he brought judgment. And so God has chosen to for us to partner with him in a sense. And so we, if we don't ask God to intervene, uh, God's not going to intervene as much as he would have. And we need to persevere. But we need to be asking God to intervene in our personal life. You know, God, help me. That's, that's, that's the short prayer. You know, like when Peter was starting to go down in the water, when he's walking on the water, he said, Lord, save me. Lord, help me. So we need to pray that. Uh, Lord, help me. Lord, help you know, my family. Help this nation. Lord, we need revival. Lord, we need it looks like judgment is inevitable. But I think it's reversible if we collectively repent and and, and revival spreads, this great awakening. We need to repent for ourselves, repent for the nation, and ask God to intervene. We can be the spark. We can help usher it in, facilitate it. But it's up to God. And and God is, I think, waiting for us, enough of us to ask Him and plead and and do our part, repent and, and intervene. Well, that's part up to part four.
1: So now we have L. What does that stand for? L is... I think the most important
2: part of this whole prayer formula, because it's really clear. You know, some things in the Bible aren't so clear; you, you know, it's debatable. But one thing, there's no debate. Jesus said, is over and over, the greatest commandment is to love God. really, in four respects, in all of our heart, with all of our soul, with all of our mind, with all of our strength. Those four dimensions of love. So the short prayer is, God, I love you. And we see that all throughout the Bible, especially in the Psalms. And so Paul made it really clear in 1 Corinthians 13. He said, even though I speak with tongues of men and angels, or if I have understand all mysteries, I have all knowledge, I have enough faith to move mountains. But if I don't have love, I'm nothing. And so if you leave love out, nothing else counts. You don't get credit for all the good things, all the the miracles, the prophecies, whatever you do, if you, if, if you don't love and, and you can't really love God if you haven't repented, but if you're not loving God with all your heart, mind, soul, and strength, you don't get credit for anything. And so that, that's the most important thing. Now, but here's my big concern about love. This is a common word. Everyone agrees love's the most important. But unfortunately, people are operating on a very faulty and dangerous definition of love, which skews the whole thing. Because I can say, you know, I love ice cream, you know, I love my car, I love my dog, I love God, and and I love pizza or whatever. Yeah, we're not talking about sex,
1: so to speak, Uh, premarital sex, cohabitation, uh, orgies. No, we're talking about the love of God that uh, gave his life to save mankind. So if we really love with the love of God, then we can forgive. We can turn the other cheek we can not allow our arguments to fester into, again, bitterness. Uh, Again, perfect love casts out all fear. Uh, Love covers a multitude of sins. So if we really love with the love of God, then it takes away our fear, takes
2: away our hatred, takes away our bitterness. Yeah, absolutely. But my concern still is, is that as a culture, we've the, the definition of love has been altered, and it just means you, you, you go to Google, it's just, what is love, it's an affection, it, it's, you like something. And so I think mature love, as we see in God and in the Bible, is something far more than that. And I believe there's four dimensions, and I believe God gave me this revelation in 2008. These four distinctions, four dynamics of what love is, and it's reflected in the greatest commandment. That God is one, and we are to love him with all of our heart, with all of our soul, all of our mind, and all of our strengths. So why didn't you just say love God of all your heart? Because there's different aspects to love, in my opinion. So loving God and they correspond to four C's, also, which which interestingly is the analogy I use is in, in genealogy, they determine the value of a diamond or a gemstone with these four C's. How much is diamond worth? Is it fifty th- $500, $5,000, 5000000 So, how do you know? Well, you have four criteria, four C's. You know, the, the color of the diamond, is there any color in it? Uh, the clarity, the cut, and the carrot. How much does it weigh? So, that corresponds to loving with all our heart, soul, mind, and strength. So, loving God with all our heart, that corresponds to the color of love, which I would say is caring or compassion. So we're going to love God and love each other, and we need to care. And uh, it seems to me that a lot of people, they just don't care much. They're so distracted, and or they care about things rather than people, or they don't care about God. <laughs> so, so when you say, I love you, God, or uh, you see that to your, your children, grandchildren, your spouse, or whoever, uh, at first Dynamic or dimension of that is caring. That's the most obvious. Loving with all your heart. Loving with all your soul, for me, that's that's the connecting element. So, which corresponds to the in the, the diamond analogy, you know, the color and the clarity. It's like if you're on a cell phone, you have a clear call. And so, you'll know, have your soul to soul connection. And so, it's really important not just to care about God and His reputation and His glory, but but to connect with Him, you know, to, to become one with Him, to seek after Him. So many times, Dave talks about seeking after God. A.W. Tozer wrote this famous book, "The Pursuit of God," and so Jesus talked about abiding and you know becoming one with God. And so connecting is critically important. You can't have mature love, the perfect or mature love, without connecting. So again, repeat the four C's. So the four C's. It's caring, connecting, then committing, and then creating value. So the caring c- corresponds to the color of love. You know The connecting corresponds to the, the clarity. The commitment or committing corresponds to the cut of the diamond. You see, they'll cut away part of the diamond to create an angle so that the light is coming more straight up, so it has more brilliance to it, because more light's coming up because yet have to have the right angle. So, in a commitment, you cut away the other options. If you marry one woman, you cut off all of the other options. You know? So if you're committed to God, you got to cut off all of the other idols and things, make God the one and only. And so if we can fully love God in a mature way and love each other, we have to have that element of commitment. We're committed to what's best for God, for his glory. What's, what's, if I'm going to love you, I'm going to be committed to what's best for you. Again, you get into a, again, this
1: defines the love of God. Commitment, not many women, one woman. Not all types of genders, male and female. This is the love of God. Again, if you're listening, watching, you've tuned into the Warning Program. I have Ray Gebauer with me today. This is Dr. Jonathan Hansen. And we are talking today on part five, the path of life. Peace formula, the path of life and peace, prayer,
2: prayer formula. Without prayer, there is no peace, right? Absolutely, yes, yeah. So, we got another analogy is like a, in a baseball game, you have four bases. You know, to score, you really need to be, go well, through all four bases. You know, it's, it's good to get a first base, good to be a second base. So, so, you have to have the caring element. You know, the, the second base would be the connecting di- uh, dynamic. Or dimension third base is the committing to God and each other, and fourth base home plate is creating. The first words in the Bible is "In the beginning, God created." Created. So, so He made us in our, our image for us to be creating. He created the universe. We create value. And God does too. Everything He does, He creates value. He says, "Let there be light." He did all these things. Everything was good. So, when we create value, when we do good, that that's like the weight of. Of love. that's where that rubber hits the road. So in, in the diamond analogy that corresponds to the carrot. how many grams or ounces or pounds does that diamond weigh, you know the more weight, the more value it has. And so for love to be complete, you have to be creating value. you have to be doing good. Paul said in Galatians 6:10 is when you whenever you have opportunity, do good to everyone, especially the household of faith. And so God is calling us not just to care, but also to connect with each other, which is a huge missing element in this country, in our society. He's calling us to be committed and calling us to create value, to do good you know, for His glory. And when we operate out of love, when our, when our DUI, driving under the influence, isn't fear or anger or bitterness, but we're driving under the influence, the path of life of love, everybody wins. God gets more glory. We're happier. We all already want to be happy and fully alive. And the path the path of life to optimize life, I say, is love in those four dimensions. That's what mature love is. In John 4, I think 18, it says, perfect love cast out fear. The word perfect is teleos, which means mature. So mature love is all four dimensions, not just, just loving with commitment, not just loving doing good, because even Paul said in 1 Corinthians 13, even if you do all of these good things, it doesn't count. If you don't have full love, you have to be caring, connecting, committing, and creating value.
1: Again, ladies and gentlemen, this is uh, Dr. Jonathan Hansen. You're watching or listening to The Warning Program. And uh, Ray Gabauer is with me today. If you haven't seen our programs in the past, this is actually part five of the Path of Life Prayer Formula, part five. Go to my website, www.worldministries.org, www.worldministries.org, and you can find it. Everything is stored there. Uh, go to the website, click on watch, you know, television, radio, listen, and you can either watch it or listen to it. Again, this is part five of the path of life prayer formula, right?
2: To the extent that we are not being fully loving towards God, we're ripping him off of glory he could have had. That's what he wants most. He didn't want perfection. He would have made us robots. Then everything would have been perfect, but then there's no authentic relationship. So we have to have free will, and that makes it a little messy. But if we're going to optimize our personal life and health and our relationship with God, His glory, we've got to love God to all of our heart, follow all of our soul, follow all of our mind, and all of our strength. And that also relates to taking care of ourselves personally. We have to care about honoring the temple. Yes, yes,
1: yes. Because God
2: just gave us a temple, and He expects us to honor the temple, People tend to be way too careless. And if you're too casual, you're a casualty. I mean, these days, 80% of the people have diabetes. Half the people get cancer. 50,000 people died just yesterday. (laughs) And every day on average, from just between heart disease and cancer. Because people don't care enough about their health. They care about convenience and and how something tastes. And they're not creating value. They're creating huge problems. They're creating cancer and diabetes and Parkinson's and all these problems. So, we need to care about God. We need to care about taking care of ourselves because it's not our body. You know, God owns us. We're, we're just like we don't have any, we don't own the money or our house. It's, it's God's money. We're just supposed to be good managers. We're supposed to manage our health and take care of it. Otherwise, you know, Jesus said, By this is my Father glorified that you bear much fruit and so prove to be my disciples. Well, how can you have a whole lot of fruit if you're in a nursing home or in a wheelchair? I mean, yeah, you can still pray, but you're limited. You know, so God wants us to be healthy. We need to care about our health, the health of our family. We need to care about God's reputation. We need to care about this nation. And we need to connect to the right people, work together collectively, so we can be the spark to ignite this revolution, this great awakening, this revival that we desperately need. Because at this point, it looks to me like uh, judgment is is inevitable. And I think there's still a chance we can turn it around. But we got to be not just loving people, but lovers, lovers of God and each other, including loving our nation and doing whatever it takes because so much is at stake. If, if you're too casual, as a nation, we become not just sinful and depravity, but, but uh, way more than too casual, we're becoming a casualty. And uh, we deserve all the judgment we're going to get. But just like you know, God told Jonah that Nineveh is going to be destroyed he didn't even tell them to repent. <laughs> he said, it's coming. But because they did repent, because they did care about the, their survival, and they cared about God once they realized that God was paying attention, they turned around and repented, and judgment was was delayed, I think, for 100 years. <laughs> it was.
1: 100 years, none of it. Yeah. And then the people went back into their old ways, and judgment hit. Yeah, yeah. So that's the whole point. If we can really repent, we will have a reprieve of judgment. If not, judgment is on its way to America, and millions, I'm telling you, are going to die without another great awakening.
2: So we need to care, we need to connect. i am talk a little bit about commitment. We need to you know, commit not just to a healthy lifestyle and commit to God and tell God, I'm committed to you, but we need to commit to righteousness. And doing what we can to restore righteousness. We need to commit to praying that God would send revival. Not just say it would be really good. I hope he does. What do you think? Doesn't look so good. No, we need to pray. We need to declare. We need to decree it. Because God's given us authority. That authority is wasted if we don't stand in authority and speak and declare. And of course, creating value, we have to do something too. We gotta pray and declare, but we gotta get in the stadiums. We gotta, you know. Get these sparks to ignite and create like a wildfire because so much is at stake. Our future is at stake. When the country goes down, we all go down. We're all on the same ship. And the ultimate answer to everything in life, I think, is love in those four dimensions, the caring, connecting, committing, and creating value. And so take this personally. Give yourself a rating, zero to 10, on how you're doing on each of those four elements in loving God, loving your spouse, Loving the nation, you know, you had a two or three, you had a five, six, a nine, ten. You know, for me, commitment's really easy to be a nine to ten. Commit the Connecting has always been, because of my background, it's always it's been a struggle. So that's where I'm really focusing on. But to be loved maturely, love God fully of all our heart, soul, mind, and strength, we've got to be aware of and consciously caring, connecting, committing, and creating value. Ladies and gentlemen, once again, you're
1: watching, listening to the warning program. Special guest today has been Ray Gabauer. Again, this is part five. You can go on my website and see, listen, or watch all of the parts and other programs on health. He also he's an you know he investor strategist. He's written twelve books, and again, an unlicensed holistic doctor. Uh, Ray, welcome and thank you for being on the program
2: today. Oh, thank you so much for allowing me to speak, I appreciate it. So remember to keep praying to God, telling you I love you and all, all five. Now, ladies and gentlemen,
1: listen and watch carefully. Order these books. We also need the science of judgment. God bless you. Now, ladies and gentlemen, I have a book that you must order. It's titled, Why Christians Get Sick. Can people be free from physical illness? Are cancer and other life-threatening diseases avoidable? What can a person do to avoid sickness? From allergies to asthma to Alzheimer's. Reverend George Melkmus had similar questions on his mind when at age 42, he was diagnosed with colon cancer. How could this be? He asked the Lord. How can a Christian get cancer? Not willing to accept this cancer as, quote, God's will, unquote, for his life, he began an intensive biblical and scientific study to find out why and to possibly find an alternative to the usually unsuccessful treatments of the medical profession. Again, ladies and gentlemen, this book, Why Christians Get Sick. I'm asking you to send us in a donation of $25 for this book, Why Christians Get Sick. Here's another book. It's called The Maker's Diet by Jordan Rubin. Are you looking for a health plan that is biblically based and scientifically proven? The Maker's Diet is just that, using a truly holistic approach to health This groundbreaking book leads you on a journey that will change your life. The Maker's Diet will help you boost your immune system, attain and maintain your ideal weight, have abundant energy, improve your physical appearance, reduce stress, improve digestion. The author, Ruben, was near death when he discovered God's method for healthy living. The Maker's Diet. For a love offering of $30, we'll send you this, plus shipping and handling. Or for a total offering of $50 for both books, Why Christians Get Sick and the Maker's Diet, plus shipping and handling, we'll send them to you. Call today, 360-629-5248, or order it via the website, www.worldministries.org.
3: God bless you. Rev. Dr. Jonathan Hansen has written a book titled, The Science of Judgment. God is predictable. There is a scientific pattern for the rise and fall of nations throughout history. We need to understand the laws or the rules of design regarding prophecy and judgment. When it comes to the laws of judgment and prophecy, denominational or personal belief systems have nothing to do with the reality or the certainty of the rule of judgment. Dr. Hansen's objective is to warn leaders of nations of the second coming of Jesus Christ and the plagues or judgments that are coming upon these peoples and nations that reject Jesus Christ as Savior according to the scriptures. Dr. Ronald E. Cottle, founder and president of Christian Life School of Theology, states that this book is a must-read for Christians and other leaders in the United States and in other nations. It is clear, powerful, and well-reasoned. We all owe a debt of gratitude to Dr. Jonathan Hansen for the years that have gone into the research and writing of The Science of Judgment. This book has more than 300 pages, divided up in five sections. Part one, The Science of Judgment, has chapters titled such as, The Laws Regarding Prophecy and Judgment, Patterns of Apostasy, Purpose of Chastisement, Standards for Justice and Mercy, God Forgives When People Repent, God Holds Nations Responsible for What Leaders Do, Parental Responsibility The Feasts of the Lord Solomon's Transgressions and Their Consequences Righteous Kings versus Evil Kings Example of King Jehoshaphat Ungodly Alliances God is Predictable God Holds People Accountable Man Can Turn Into an Intelligent Beast to Do Evil Section 2, The Deception of the Theory of Evolution Has Chapters Titled as Problems with the Theory of Evolution Evolution and Racism Darwin's hatred of Christianity and its fruit. Section 3, Why Must There Be Judgment, has titles such as, The Fall of America and Her Destruction, Cult Christianity, Radical Liberal Politics. Section 4, Kings, Dictators, and Presidents, with the following chapters listed as, People Choose Their Nation's Leaders, Qualifications for Godly Leadership, Romans 13, Delegated Authority, Satan is in charge of this world, not Jesus. If laws violate conscience, we must disobey. Finally, part five, so what must we do? These chapters are listed as, we are in a cultural war, our responsibility to a hostile government, the Christian's science of judgment. With turmoil ever increasing throughout the nations, as Bible prophecy is coming to life right before our very eyes, one must read the science of judgment to have a clear understanding of these events and the reasons why. Call 360-629-5248 360-629-5248 That is 360-629-5248 and request your copy of The Science of Judgment for a donation of $35 or more plus shipping and handling. Thank you and Shalom.